Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big Big Ten Football Show. I am your host, Daniel Mogollon, and today's episode, we will talk about what happened in week zero, which was the Fighting Illini of Illinois hosting the season opener, the Big Ten opener versus the Nebraska Cornhuskers, a Big Ten West battle right off the bat to uh, start the season. And joining us in this show will be Scott Ritchie of the News Gazette, who covers the Fighting Illini. And, you know, the focus on most people coming off that week zero uh, performance, a win by the Illinois Fighting Illini, a 30 to 22 victory over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Most of the focus was, of course, on Nebraska, their failures, Scott Frost, who he himself called it the same old movie. So if it's the same old movie, why focus on that? What about Illinois? That's my question. What about Illinois? I think they right now are a more interesting story than Nebraska is because they're like I said, their coach said it himself. It's the same old movie. Well, that's not any fun. You know, it's, it's one thing to say the sequel wasn't as good as the original, but if the original wasn't good to begin with and the sequel is just as bad, well, until further notice, let us know when you decide to be relevant again, it's not our job to keep you relevant. So in that, in that note, Let's talk some fighting Illini football who got that big win. They have long been bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten West. The Brett Bielema era is now underway, starting off with that big victory. What we knew about Illinois going into the season was they have one of the better offensive lines in the Big Ten. Um, They should have a solid running game. And from what I saw from Mike Epstein, um, who averaged 4.7 yards per carry from Chase Brown, last year's leading rusher, if those two guys can stay healthy, I think the Illini have a chance to have a pretty good running game. Isaiah Williams made some plays. I'm very excited to see what he could do. Luke Ford made some plays. Two kids who were very, very highly touted coming out of uh, high school, high four-star kids. Luke Ford went to Georgia, the number one tight end in his class, came back to back home to Illinois. Isaiah Williams signed with the Illini originally, mostly because he was a quarterback. You know, had he gone in as a receiver, which is his current position, um, Isaiah Williams would have had his pick of the litter in terms of programs he could have gone to. Um, he could have gone to an Alabama He could have gone to an Ohio State. So you have some playmakers there on offense. The biggest surprise, of course, was the performance of Art Sikowski, who stepped in definitely um, for Brandon Peters. Now, he did catch a break because there was a lot of handoffs, and that first pass went to a Cornhusker. That was negated um, by a, a penalty by the Cornhuskers, and he ended up finishing 12 of 15 with two touchdowns, no interception. The type of performance Nebraska will happily, I mean, uh, Illinois will happily take from Sikowski moving forward, uh, quickly bouncing to the defense, with which I think surprised me even more so than the offense did. I saw a lot of things I liked from their corners. 
Devon Witherspoon in particular stood out to me. We knew Tony Adams was going to kind of be the stalwart of the uh, secondary, but the sophomore Witherspoon got his hands on four footballs, jumping routes. He looked very comfortable in their new man coverage scheme. Um, Up front, you saw the trio of Keith Randolph and uh, Zerhan Newton, two redshirt freshman defensive ends, as well as Roderick Perry, a graduate transfer nose tackle. All three of those guys got sacks. We saw Calvin Hart Jr. with a scoop and score, but he was all over the place even before that. He can form an an excellent inside linebacking tandem duo with the returning Jake Hansen, who's been their leader of their defense for years to come. If they can get edge rushers, uh, Carney Jr. and Isaiah Gray going, uh, this defense could really be among the most improved units in the Big Ten. And on that note, I think we should bring on our guest uh, to talk and, uh, you know, to talk about the Illini and break them down a little further. Somebody who follows them on a day in, day out basis and covers the Illini. And with that, I'd like to welcome our guest. That is Scott Ritchie of the News Gazette. He covers the Illinois Fighting Illini for them. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining us. How are things in Champaign? Oh, pretty good. And I think maybe a little better after a week zero win uh, against Nebraska. It was, uh, I think, the start to the Brett Bielma era that Illinois fans were wanting. And, you know, that Brett Bielma was wanting as well. Yeah, it was an ideal way to uh, start a, a regime, right? To start the era, you have week zero. Uh, the only B, uh, FBS game, uh, big uh, Power Five game, I should say, and uh, you get a conference win, you get a division win, perfect way to start. Um, Scott, let me ask you what what did you see on the field on Saturday that was kind of what you expected to see from from this new era of Illinois football? Well, I'm not sure if I had any grand expectations just based on the fact that we didn't see anything um, in training camp or really that much in in spring ball either. You know, the the coaching staff kept things behind closed doors because they felt like they had that advantage against Nebraska where, you know, Cornhuskers weren't going to know, you know, what hit them. And defensively that certainly played out because even Scott Frost said that as soon as Illinois lined up and, you know, uh, two, four, five with a, a nickel back and a couple outside linebackers as edge rushers that, you know, he had to throw out half his offense, but offensively, I think it looked like what most people assumed an Illinois offense, you know, Brett Bielma as head coach would look like. And they ran the ball quite a bit used um, all five of the running backs that they feel pretty good about. And Mike Epstein got the most carries. I think that was maybe the only surprising part. And that was more based on chase Brown, just kind of, eh before the game aggravating uh, a not too serious injury, but they you know kept him under wraps a little bit just to make sure it didn't get worse. But I think of those th- things I thought I knew, that one was the one that, that played out maybe the, the, the closest to that is, you know, they're going to run the ball first and probably run the ball often. And uh, on the flip side, was there anything that was – the most surprising to you, whether it was the defense, 
um, whether it was, you know, the performance of Sikowski, what stood out to you as a big surprise? Like, wow, I didn't expect to see that today. I think it probably was the defense and you know, leading up into the season over the last eight months, really, you know, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator, you know, discussed his defense as being multiple. And I mean, that could have meant anything, but it really was, you know, they went nickel a lot of the time, went back to sort of a base three, four sum, and then even went, you know, with a dime package where they, you know, added a sixth defensive back on sort of the obvious passing downs and just based on covering Illinois football for the entire Lovey Smith era, that was new because uh, there were no changes on defense, especially during the game. Um, but so that was surprising to, to an extent, but you know, the way Art Sikowski came in after Brandon Peters went out with you know, a left shoulder injury, um, that was a surprise as well because you just didn't know maybe what you were going to get. Yeah. Was it going to be, you know, the Art Sikowski from his freshman season where he threw for four touchdowns and 18 interceptions and, you know, just really got thrown to the wolves by Rutgers, or would it be the one that in spot start duty last year looked more like maybe the, the recruits that Rutgers thought that they were getting. And it was certainly more of the latter. He wasn't asked to, do everything and I wasn't asked to win the game for Illinois just asked to to manage it and you know I know game manager kind of gets thrown around as a bit of a pejorative but that's what some quarterbacks are and I think he managed the game well he got the ball to his running backs you know and let them sort of carry the the heaviest load but then was very efficient in the passing game and you know connected on a one big play at least to, to show off you know that he does have a big arm but he didn't force things only made one Bad decision, really, and that was a ball that was intercepted, but ultimately didn't hurt him because he got drilled on the play and you know, for roughing the passer. So he played well, and I guess I just didn't know what to think. So, yeah, I guess I was a little surprised by Art Sikowski. Now, in, in your post-game piece, um, you know, you had it about kind of this was the, the main quote was kind of, we are a new football team, and that was from a wide receiver Isaiah Williams what, what does that mean? What does that mean we are a new football team beyond just, you know, the X's and O's? It was an interesting statement from, from Isaiah. And he's a pretty sharp kid. And he's when he says something, you know, he, he means it. Because um, this is essentially the same roster that Lovey Smith had last year. But just in watching the game and watching Illinois play, they were – better prepared um, they adjusted and you know adapted when they had to and some adversity hit when Brandon Peters goes down in the, the first quarter I mean if that happened a year ago uh, the team might have folded and it you know, certainly probably wouldn't have you know, beaten a Big Ten divisional opponent um, but they didn't and they rallied around our Sikowski and they didn't hurt themselves very few penalties only one turnover uh, which was kind of an unfortunate deal where a receiver makes a great catch across the middle gets hit ball pops loose and it happens Um, and those things weren't always prevalent in the lovey smith era because you know penalties were always an issue and you know turnovers became an issue at times so 
same roster, but I think they do feel it. They just there's a new vibe around this team, and you know the the coaches feel it. And I think the players definitely feel it. Yeah, a lot of the same guys back. I think I believe the most you know scholarship seniors, the most super seniors, the most four year letter guys in the Power Five. So as you mentioned, a lot of the same returning guys, but as opposed to beating yourselves, you kind of, in this game, Illinois let the other team do it. They let Nebraska beat themselves, and without making mistakes, that was enough, I think, to get the win there. Um, staying with Isaiah Williams for a second, you know, this is a really potentially explosive, very exciting player. You know, as I talked about at the top of the show, had he come out as a wide receiver prospect he could have had his pick of the litter in terms of programs. He could have gone to Bama or Georgia or Ohio State. And now that he's at receiver for Illinois, um, obviously he's going to be a little bit dependent on the QB position as well. But what, what are your expectations for him this season as, as a wide receiver? Based on the way the coaching staff has talked about him since that move was made, I mean, they're not holding back on expectations. And you know, they used him in a lot of different ways against Nebraska, um, even, even when he didn't get the ball, because he was constantly in motion. And when you have a dynamic athlete like that, you know, the defense has to keep an eye on him. And so he can be probably as effective as a decoy uh, as he would be you know, getting the ball, but they will get him the ball. Uh, I think they showed that certainly in the second half that you know, they were, put together an eight minute drive and he was a big part of that you know, and it got the first touchdown. Um, I'm curious to see how they continue to use him, how his role evolves, how much they get him the ball, maybe some, how different, you know, they can use, they can use him just in terms of, you know, jet sweeps or shovel passes as he, you know, is in motion across the middle uh, and probably more just, I mean, how he, you know, plays as more of a true receiver you know, in the slot, maybe going across the middle, getting, you know, popped once. Um, but and he's a, there's a reason all of the biggest programs in the country were recruiting him as an athlete with an idea to play in that receiver or defensive back. And I think, you know, he will show that. Yeah, jet sweeps, definitely a big part of that uh, Bielema offense, at least when it was at Wisconsin. So it'll be interesting to see him incorporated that way as well. Um, off that win, Scott, uh, are you what, what are you going to take out of that win in terms of this season? Do you think you can recalibrate your expectations for 2021, or is it just one game and, and you still need to see more? I, mean, I think it's a little bit of both uh, because before the season started, before I saw anything really uh, of my football other than, you know, 15 minutes a day in training camp, which you don't see much uh, of you know, the beginning of practice there. Um, I had Illinois going five and seven, but beating Nebraska because I just thought Nebraska was kind of a mess and they showed that they were. Um, now that I've seen Illinois play, seen kind of what, they will be offensively and defensively. I'm not sure that it changes my outlook just yet because, you know, in, when I was going through the season game by game, kind of just thinking about what might happen, like I've marked down this UTSA, UTSA game um, this week as a game like they could lose because UTSA 
you know, made a bowl last year and Jeff Taylor's first season as coach return an all American at running back and sincere McCormick. And then you'll just have your entire defense back. A lot of guys on offense besides McCormick and, and their quarterback, Frank Harris. So it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination against UTSA, but if they play well there, maybe play well on the road at Virginia next week, we'll see where I am, but I, I always thought just based on as many players returning as they had the idea that I thought Brett Bielma would be a better college football coach than Lovey Smith and could get more out of the same roster. I mean, the bowl game was in the back of my head as a possibility, and they took at least one step towards that by beating Nebraska. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's a very, very fair assessment. I I was with you when I was doing my – um, over-unders for each team heading into the season. The number for Illinois was three and a half, and I, I really like the under a lot there. Just for the reasons you said, I think you had a coach who had a better understanding of how to win in college football, specifically how to win in, in the Big Ten West. And, you know, Nebraska was a game I wasn't writing in an ink on as a win, but I thought it was definitely a winnable game for Illinois. And I just thought... The, the biggest thing that stood out to me is when you see when you see other conferences, right? Or when, you know, year after year, you see teams that are projected to only win two, three, four games in power five. You never see a team considered to have a top of the half offensive line in that conference. Usually that's where things fall apart for programs is at the offensive line. Um, all these ki- all these teams have kids that can make plays here or there at receiver or running back. But some teams just have that offensive line that, doesn't let you do anything. And I think the fact that Illinois has so many guys back on that O-line and is a strong O-line, making a bowl is, is definitely a possibility. Um, Scott, what, what's the update on Brandon Peters? It, it didn't look great as you're watching it on the side. You know, I was watching it at home thinking, oh boy, is he like done for the year? Now it looks like it's not going to be as bad. What, what, what's his status right now? I think it's probably as good a news as it could have been this week because uh, when you know he went off kind of cradling his left arm I mean I guess to start with it was good it was his non-throwing arm and not his right arm of course right. but you know, he returned in the second half in a sling and I was like well this doesn't bode well but um, you know Brett Bielma didn't rule him out for Saturday's game against UTSA but qualified that with you know he did not expect Brandon Peters to play but the fact that it wasn't as serious as maybe first thought. Um, it's big for Illinois, and I mean, I, I don't think Brandon Peters will play against UTSA, but I suppose, I guess, depending on how his recovery goes, and it, it won't be as long as expected, maybe he plays at Virginia, but uh, and if he doesn't, I would sort of expect that he might be available when Illinois jumps back into Big Ten play after that. Virginia game, but Art Sikowski showed that he can kind of man the ship in the interim. So Illinois is not in as bad a place as it has been in previous seasons where you know, it lost its starting quarterback, and that's happened a lot. Yeah, in the past, it's been like basically, well, I guess we're just going to run the ball every play, right? Yeah, essentially. Um, and, you know, the passing game became maybe more of a disaster than it already had been. So, but with Sikowski, you know, Peters, I mean, they could, in terms of 
physical makeup, they could almost be clones. I think that's exactly what, if you're a quarterback in high school and they think about Illinois, see what they're playing now because that's what they're looking for. Um, But yeah, it's certainly in a better spot than they they were in previous seasons. But the fact that Brandon Peters is not out for the year um, is a good thing. And, you know, to be fair, both highly thought of kids coming out of high school as well. Um, You know, both were really highly recruited four-star guys. And I know Sikowski looked worse during his time at Rutgers than Peters did at Michigan, but he was at Rutgers playing with, you know, a really, really bad team. So, you know, who's to say he can't be as good as Peters, you know, in a, with a better offensive line and, and a better scheme. Um, Scott, you, you've mentioned the game this week against UTSA. It's not a gimme. Um, I believe the the preseason line was around six and a half, seven. It's now at five and a half. I'm guessing that might be due to uh, the Peters injury. And and this is this is arguably um, kind of like a swing game for this program, right? Coming off that big win, you want to keep it rolling and, and get that W at home. Yeah, and not only for just the season and you know trying to you know keep building towards that potential you know bull berth but for the fan base as well and the student section was sold out against nebraska and like before the game there were actually like some students that were looking for a seat and couldn't find one and i've never seen that in my time covering illinois football then they win so you get those fans back i think this week but if Illinois loses to UTSA um, and, you know, fans who maybe don't realize that, okay, UTSA is kind of a legit group of five program. Right. You lose your momentum, you know, with your fans. And I think that might be as big a thing as any, um, because, you know, the honeymoon period continued with a week zero win against Nebraska and it, it would be a little tarnished, you know, with a loss to UTSA, which again, very well could happen and isn't, maybe wouldn't you know mean what fans think it would mean but they think what they think and you might see fewer you know when Elmai comes back you know after that Virginia game on the road now taking a, a bigger look forward uh, not to just this week but to the remainder of the season um, I was curious what you thought about uh, the influx of transfers and potential guys that we could see make an impact this season. I know uh, Calvin Hart had a phenomenal game, the linebacker from North Carolina State, and that wasn't just the scoop and score. He was a guy that was already making plays, making tackles in the backfield before that fumble recovery. Obviously, we touched about uh, touched upon Sikowski um, doing what he did at, at the quarterback position, but there's a bunch of other guys, whether it's uh, Jafar Armstrong, the wide out from Notre Dame. You had a couple of DBs, Prather Hudson from Georgia, Eddie Smith from Alabama coming from the SEC. Um, what? Uh, also, I think Chase Hayden, right? The running back, he was at Arkansas, East Carolina. He's a, mm-hmm. a Bielema guy going back. How, what kind of impact do you think these transfers can have either, you know, just providing depth or, or stepping up in key roles for the remainder of the season? Well, C.J. Hart is definitely kind of at the top of that list now. Of course, he did suffer an injury towards the, the end of the Nebraska game. Didn't get an update on him earlier this week as he was getting more tests, which in a way 
says something about maybe his status for Saturday's game. But if he's healthy, it could be huge for Illinois. Um, Chase Hayden is one of five running backs, again, that Illinois used against Nebraska, and I think that will probably continue this season. Um, Just as they maybe ride the hot hand, but everybody's going to get some carries, would be my guess. Um, The fact that they ran a lot of nickel and – some dime as well means there are opportunities out there for Prather Hudson. Um, maybe more for Eddie Smith. He got a little more playing time against Nebraska. And that the fact that Eddie Smith has multiple years of eligibility, CJ Hart has multiple years. I mean, that, that's huge as well. I mean, Art Sikowski, I think, has three years of eligibility, including this season. Um, the one I'm curious about, though, is Jafar Armstrong because Notre Dame used him in. You know, multiple ways. You know, he's a running back a little bit, plays some receiver as well. He was not available for the Nebraska game. Should be back for UTSA. So curious to see kind of what his role will be in a wide receiver room where there's opportunity to maybe emerge from a group that went into a total overhaul, you know, this offseason. So yeah, those guys are really interesting. And then just kind of looking at how this roster is built. I mean, there's transfers all over that are playing an impact, you know, that, that came in. You know, previously, including you know, Brandon Peters, Chase Brown, Luke Ford, you know, Blake Jarosati on the offensive line, Rod Perry on the defensive line. So that's it's been big for Illinois you know, to maybe not hit on you know high school recruits in the Lovey Smith era, but he did at least land some some transfers that have made an impact. All right, final question, Scott. Uh, let's step back and take a really, really big picture. Um, when I when I look at the Illinois program, you know, I, I think it should be a, a more consistent a winner. In my opinion, you're talking about a big state school um, in an area that probably has more consistent talent coming out of it than, let's say, an Iowa does or a Wisconsin does. Yet it's it really has been a struggle to have a coach uh, win consistently. I, I think John Makovich is really the last guy who won consistently. I know Zook made a Rose Bowl. Um, Ron Turner made a Sugar Bowl. Those were the highs. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Turner made two bowls in eight years. Ron Zook, you know, they, these guys had losing records, 15, 16 games under 500. So when you look at Brett Bielema, what is success? What would be a successful tenure for Brett Bielema at Illinois? I mean, I've always kind of thought, you know, about his time at Arkansas and obviously it didn't end the way he wanted or probably the way Arkansas wanted after they hired him. But, you know, his overall record and the fact that he went to three bowl games in a row, won two of them. Like if he did that at Illinois, they consider building a statue, I think. So that's just, <laughs> that hasn't happened. Yeah. In, yeah. I mean, years. Uh, but I think he's a guy that could win at Illinois. I mean, he'd be the, the first in like three decades, but he understands the Big Ten. He obviously won at Wisconsin. And, and Wisconsin hasn't always been this dependable winner. You know, before Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin was kind of like Illinois, just not winning very often. Right. right. But, but Barry Alvarez built it, and it, it has just sort of been passed down to you know his coaching tree through the years and they've they've kept it going. Um but you know Bill made it a made it 
a priority, number one priority to not only recruit the state of Illinois, but just improve the relationship you know, between the university and the high school programs in the state. Cause it was not great with Lovey Smith. And if you look at maybe those successful Illinois teams that you mentioned, you know, including, you know, the Sugar Bowl team that Ron Turner had that was the last Illinois team to win a Big Ten championship, and that was 20 years ago. It was a team that was had a lot of Illinois kids on it, and a lot of kids from the St. Louis area, and a lot of kids from you know Indiana. If Bielma can get back to that, I mean, I think there's you know a chance that he can maybe be the guy that wins consistently at Illinois. And I'm not saying they're going to win a Big Ten title every year because unless Ohio State's not going to be in the Big Ten, um, that's going to be tough. But <laughs> they could they could turn Illinois football into a respectable winning program. I think it's a possibility. Now, it hasn't happened in three decades, so it's not easy. But he strikes me as maybe a coach that could do it. Yeah, I agree. I think he can. And even if he doesn't get it there, I think there's a decent chance – he raises the bar to the point where, you know, when the next guy comes in, it's not outlandish to bring that up where people are saying about Illinois, what they might say about a Nebraska. Now it's like, well, if Iowa can do it, if Wisconsin can do it, why can't Nebraska? But really, I mean, why can't Illinois? That's, that's kind of how I look at it. Now I know they're coming from further back and it's a bigger rebuilding job, but really why not? There is talent there. I know. I remember, you know, year after year, you see the NFL draft comes out with their different stats and they'll show, you know, the NFL prospects by state. And it's not it's not uncommon for Illinois to be in the top 10, one of the only two or three Big Ten states that does crack the top 10. So it's like, why not Illinois? Yeah. And there's never been a ton of five star recruits in Illinois, but you can find a lot of really good football players. And, you know, the first day Brett Bielma had the job, he called you know, at least a half dozen you know, high school football coaches around the state, including, you know, the coach that runs the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association. By the time he had his staff hired, they broke up the state into regions and literally called every single high school football coach. Mm. Uh, so they've made a commitment to that. Um, and it was, I think, a good thing to do for their football program, but also just in terms of the actual product on the field, but also a good thing to do in terms of PR and, you know, getting the fan base, you know, interested, you know, again. So, you know, he's done and said all of the right things for eight months and then followed that up by winning in week zero. And we'll just see where that, that takes him in year one. All right, Scott, thank you so much for joining us and giving us some time today. That is Scott Ritchie. He covers the Illinois Fighting Illini for the News Gazette. You can find him on Twitter at SRRitchie, R-I-C-H-E-Y. Scott, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun talking Illinois football with you. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, as, as we mentioned, it's been a while since the Illini were a consistent winner in the Big Ten. Going back to the John Makovich day, not Malkovich, Makovich, who took them to four straight bowls and had a 30 and 17 record. As we mentioned, uh, 
Zook took him to the Rose Bowl, but overall he was only 34 and 51. Um, Ron Turner, who did win that Big Ten title and ironically went to the Sugar Bowl, uh, was 35 and 57 in eight seasons. So not not good tenures for those guys. But I think there is some potential there in the state with the right coach. It sounds like he's at least taking the right tact. Um, I think at the very least, they should not be a consistently bottom of the barrel type of program. And this may be the first step in digging themselves out. Can they make a bowl? Hey, it's possible. These next two games, as Scott mentioned, will tell us a lot. I think if they do want to make a bowl, uh, the game against UTSA becomes more of a must-win game. You have uh, Charlotte at home, which is by the Vegas spread. They were a 13-point favorite heading into week zero over Charlotte. That was their big the game that they were the favorite, the biggest. That would get them three wins. Then you add in, uh, you got home games against Maryland. You got a home game against Rutgers, as well as Northwestern. Can they pull off an upset to maybe get to six? It still might be a long shot, even with the Nebraska win, but the Nebraska win does give them the opportunity to get there, um, especially if they take care of business this week. Um, I, I still see them more as a probably a five, four, five win, win team, but I think six is on the table, and that's something not many people expected heading into the year. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us today for the big Big Ten football show as we talk some Illinois football. I know, surprise, surprise, who thought that was going to come this early in the season? Uh, um, but we will be going around the Big Ten where the stories take us. Um, be a lookout, be on the lookout for our next show, which will be uh, my Big Ten picks for week one. I know you guys are not going to want to miss that, especially if you didn't get in on the over three and a half wins on Illinois and under six and a half on Nebraska. Uh, you're going to want to get in at least on this week's picks for week one. Um, you can also check out the over under episode. That's still uh, there. Our over unders broke down uh, seven other games that I liked. I had nine overall, including those two. So those plays are still available. Some will go off tomorrow on Thursday. So listen to that as soon as possible. Uh, but we'll be back talking week one of the Big Ten, week season, week one of the season for the Big Ten in our next episode. Thanks a lot for joining us. I am your host, Daniel Mogollon. Talk to you next week.